Hello and welcome to That's So Craven. We are now streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you follow us on all social media and subscribe to be notified when a live recording starts. Please, please, please share That's So Craven with your Fulham friends to keep our community growing. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and come on you whites. Freed from desire, mind and senses purified. Freed from desire, mind and senses purified. Freed from desire, mind and senses purified. Freed from desire. Welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulhamish podcast from down under. Uh, we're here to review the Nottingham Forest fixture last night, where uh, Fulham had a very comfortable and dominant win uh, at 2-0, uh, as you probably all know. Uh, we're missing one of the uh, one of our friends today, uh, Jack's on paternity leave for an extended break down in uh, the beautiful southwest of Western Australia, drinking some wine and eating some food. I'm going to shout him out, and uh, he, he's uh, he's he's probably banned from actually participating in this, but I'm going to shout him out and just to see if he is listening because I think he probably can't help himself and I reckon we'll probably get some comments from him along the way, but let's uh, just test that theory. But I'm here with uh, Sam. How are you doing, Sam? Hello, the other sibling. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm here and I'm ready, ready to get deep into this on like the live. I can feel the chaos brewing. I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, so um, look, thinking a little bit about uh, what happened last night, if I can only just control this uh, slideshow. Uh, as I said before, we had, uh, nope, we're jumping ahead. This is going to be chaotic as our producer is clearly not in the it. house. I'm loving it. It's uh, great. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not loving it, actually, because uh, this is really jumping around like hell. But anyway, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, so we had uh, said we had uh, a, a great outing last night, where uh, we uh, we had two really rather special goals. Sam's just amused at me trying to work work out what the hell's going on producing and actually talking over the top of this. Um, two really rather special goals uh, from uh, a William and Manasolom getting on on the board for the first time. Uh, what are your thoughts, Sam? How did how did you feel we went last night? Ah, I mean, uh, we covered it um, before and you were trying to tell me that this was going to be a uh, gritty, intense kind of game. I thought we were very dominant from start to finish. I feel that it was a really, really, really strong showing and it was, I feel like it was a very important win for us in terms of really kind of hammering home the fact that this le this team's level of consistency and like what we're bringing to the table and then Manuel Solomon essentially having that moment for me was just cherry on top in terms of like long-term goals and no pun intended uh for like what we're essentially aiming for yeah it's like subtext wise awesome game so um, I don't have a slide for the starting lineup here, but uh, based on what we talked about the other day in previewing this game, I think the only contentious um, uh, position was um, whether or not Manus Solomon would start. How did you feel about him uh, not being selected to start and uh, Bobby Decadova-Reed 
uh, taking up his normal place. You know, I think I think we need to um, almost change our tune a little bit because we always assume that he's mm-hmm. going to be starting on the right, and I think we all want that. We kind of are very attached to that idea, but he's clearly fla- favors the left. And he, every time he's played, he has basically played on like the left. So I feel that we need to concede that that is the position for Manuel Solomon. And really, it's between um, Bobby and Harry Wilson on the right there. I and I think that's fine. And I I'm I'm a big advocate for like playing players in their preferred positions as opposed to just trying to shoehorn them in and. It kind of works because uh, William's older and so he can't necessarily play like uh, the full 90 minutes in the same way that he used to. So I feel that, um, yeah, it was it was the perfect opportunity for him and uh, to come on and essentially show his worth. He's had enough minutes now. And if his role at the moment is a super sub and maybe doing a couple of like FA Cup appearances, getting the full 90 minutes, at this stage I'm happy with that. It just because William is so good and he's so good, and I feel that William has an aura about him that I kind of want him to play more at the moment. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I was just wondering where you're going with all of that, really. But I think it is pretty funny that we we become very attached to the idea that Solomon's going to start. Solomon's going to start, and he doesn't. No, we have touched the idea um, that he's going to start on the right. <laughs> yeah, but he's not even starting. So, um, yeah. uh, but look, um, I, I, I think Bobby Decadova Reed and Kenny Tete uh, combining just so well that it's 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 hard to argue against uh, that little combination. Mm. It's it's an absolute winner, yeah. and uh, so so no complaints at all. Um, and, um, yeah, ha- happy with all of that. Um, h- how did you think we, we started? How did, what did you think of the first 30, 30 40 minutes? Uh, well, thir- first 40 minutes is a very different question to how we started because um, I think for, like, the first 10 minutes it was a pretty even affair. Like, um, Bobby Dot um, blocked that really, like, he blocked that uh, attempt from uh, Gustavo Scarpa, which is an amazing name, just if I can say one thing about it. <laughs> um, I thought Bobby actually did really, really well to actually get back into position and um, get back into defending when essentially Gustavo was like unmarked. And then literally six minutes later, uh, William did a sensational cross, uh, sorry, no, a sensational curl into the top corner, like just, like just picture perfect off his like, off his left foot, just, just such a, just such a beautiful example of what that goal is supposed to be. He's just class, isn't he? He's just straight class. Well, let's get at Torrier now and uh, see if we can oh, get another one for him. But here's William with a header down for Polina on the turn. It was blocked. Bobby Decadova Reed. The angle was too tight. It's back across the box. Here's William again. Works it onto the right foot, back onto the left foot. Goes wow. for goal. What, what a, a goal. goal! Absolute worldie from William. <laughs> 1 0 to Fulham. What a lovely goal. They were uh, trying to clear their lines, desperately trying to get the ball out of their box. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, it's 
like he's just class. He's just that. He's just that cut above. Um, yeah, and like uh, w- William actually in the chat mentions a really really good point. It's just having someone in the side that just truly backs themselves has so much composure and confidence. He, he's he's just so invaluable to us at the moment. I I'm really really loving the redemption arc of William. I don't know how do you feel. Oh look, uh, and my apologies to uh, viewers and listeners. There, I, I, I think that actually when that comes out live, it it may be better than what I'm viewing here on this side. But nevertheless, um, look, it, it's an unbelievable story, and I cannot believe how fortunate we are to have mm. him on board. He is, he's something else, and you know, he's it's not just his skill. It's he's, he's this guy's got a brain. He's a very very smart footballer, yeah. And he, he his brain twitches at light speed, and he, his trickery and ability to actually, you know, put defenders on the floor with very very clever movement of his body and just dropping his hips, and it's just great to watch. Mm. Um, it's one it's one thing to be very very skillful, but it's another thing to be really tricky. And we, we've just not had that in our arsenal for oh, really as, as long as I can remember in recent years. I, I, I can't think of a player, and I, I, and I feel like Manor Solomon is another one of those kinds of players yeah, who is just so tricky and when running at defenders, it's just another level. It's, it's great to watch. It's great entertainment, and it's just, you know... It, 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 it's very, very dangerous stuff. Um, the only one I can so think yeah, of is maybe Dembele. Dembele was probably the last time we had somebody yeah. of that level of quality, I reckon. Uh, high quality, but I think I think William's trickier. Um, mm. And 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 Solomon, again, I think he's actually trickier. Dembele is super classy. I wouldn't even want to compare the two because I'm not sure they're the same, um, same you know, the same mould. Ah, here we go. Here's here's someone. I knew it wouldn't take long. Yeah. Um, there's a nice little comment coming in there from someone uh, you're related to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, if you want to jump on Jack and produce this proper, um, I'm I'm just I'll be fine with that because this thing's out of control. <laughs> um, so is our chemistry, anyway. though. You know. Yeah. 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 So. Um, uh, Jack, Jack asked the question. Jack's, I, I, I'm pretty sure Jack's at dinner with his family, and I, I think we're the only ones who actually know what he's doing here because he's in big trouble if he gets caught doing this. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, so it's, it's pretty funny. Jack asked the question. Uh, is, <laughs> but then again, his wife, Tegan, is never likely to ever view this, so he's probably pretty safe. <laughs> um, is, is William's goal the best you've ever seen from a Fulham player? God, got to be up there. Um, I think that's a pretty big call, but it was very, very beautiful. Uh, it was sublime, you know, not not least on his left foot. It, there's nothing looks better when there's a defender being put on the floor. He turns mm. onto his wrong foot and with, with players in front of him and chaos in the box. I mean, remembering that just a couple of seconds earlier, there'd been sort of shots and misses and there's just chaos happening in the box and he just takes his time, drops him on the floor, 
swings to his left foot and curls it into the top left corner with not a lot to spare. I mean, no, mm. no chance, no chance for the keeper, completely out of reach. And um, yeah, that is very, very special. That's the thing um, that I also love about it as well. Like, um, just uh, yeah, you, you're right. I, like, I feel that like when William plays, you can literally see it. His head is up the entire game, and he mm. has so much like faith in his ability, and also he's just so composed. Like that that goal, like nine like ninety percent of other players would essentially see an entirely full blocks and be completely like panicked by that situation. William just goes, I can take a shot here, and I know I can. And he just does it. And but like you say, like yeah. we laugh, but that is that is really the difference in terms of like composure and quality at the level that he is at. And um we can have the similar conversation about Mano Solomon a little bit later as well. Well, can we? I mean, what we're also talking about here is uh, you know, William's very experienced. He he's mm. done it all. You know, he's played at the highest level for that mob down the road, but and incredibly successfully. He, he's he's done it for his country, which is, you know, no minor, no minor feat. Um mm. and yeah. I think that creates an awful lot of just sublime confidence. And I think he's he's truly enjoying his second, third crack at, you know, probably something he never thought he'd get another opportunity to do. He's loving life. He's probably mm. incredibly grateful what he just walked away from. He's absolutely enjoying being, you know, uh, so appreciated, London. I think. Yeah, well, back in so London. appreciated. Yeah, no, I think I think enjoying is exactly the right word. Like he clearly is um, so elated at the moment. Like he really is. He feels so at home, and you can see. It's, it's nice when you see a player really at peace in their position in a squad, like how they're playing, and he, uh, he's just the type of player that just benefits from that kind of environment so much like to think that that's the same player that couldn't make it work at arsenal like i know i know arsenal had like their issues at the time and but it, it's still a pretty elite level squad if you can't make william work at arsenal when like we're making him work and doing this it just says so much about the team and the environment there at that time obviously it's changed now but yeah it's so it's so nice to see yeah and uh this could easily turn out to be the uh, in praise of William show. We probably should move on. I'm I'm loving it, but um, <laughs> well, I don't uh, want to go into Mitrovic know. just yet because that's gonna that's gonna be, that's <laughs> gonna, that's gonna make it a roller coaster of a show, isn't it? What what, what I thought I'd do here is is actually like a, a second attempt at actually playing this video. I've got a little highlights reel of uh, this is going to go to shit. We all know it, but I'm going to have a go. This is a little highlights reel of. Um, courtesy of uh, Fulham Football Club, of uh, some of the incredible shots on goal that didn't quite make it. And it includes a um, uh, an incredible save, yet another one in the six-yard box from that man, Bert Leno. Uh, so let's have a look. Pushes it to the edge of the box for Mitrovic. Onto the left foot, turns back onto the right foot. Oh, it's a great save. By Felipe from the Fulham throw. The referee's let it go, though. Mangala in possession finds Joe Worrell. Good interception from Pereira though for Fulham. 
Squares it for Bobby Deckard over Reed. Goes for goal with his right foot. Well, it's off the crossbar. I'm not sure if the keeper touched it. I don't think he did. Not to be impeded. The referee didn't think so. And that's another brilliant tackle from Tim Reed. Morgan Gibbs-White couldn't believe that he came and nicked that off him. There's William now onto his right foot. Oh, oh he's hit the woodwork, is it? Or did the keeper save that? Hit the post. Know. Hit the post, I think, yeah. They get through so much work. Yeah, they really do. And he's won the free kick. Pereira's going to go for goal. Oh, does that hit the woodwork as well? Pushes it out of the penalty area. Right-hand side, but they've still got possession. Here's Shelby. Whips another ball in. Great header, great save. Now, before yeah. we started the podcast, I thought I was going to host. And one of the questions I actually did have for your dad was, who do you reckon is the bigger threat at the moment, Brentford or the crossbar for Fulham? <laughs> um yeah, good question. Um, I mean, look, that that's if you're actually hitting that many on target, um, it's disappointing and a bit frustrating, but you can't be unhappy with that because on any other day, nine times out of ten, they're going in, even on a deflection. Mm. And my, my biggest uh, thought, uh, or, or, or takeaway from the first half, to be honest, was is this going to be another one of those days where we've been absolutely dominant but haven't executed particularly well? Mm. And um, we we could easily have gone in at halftime or possibly should have gone in at halftime, you know, 3-0 up, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. And, um, and that's not a criticism. That's just a bit of a rub of the green because – we, we were incredibly dominant for what looked to me. It, was, it had a funny feel about it. Forrest had a very Fulham post that £100 million splurge a couple of years ago with, you know, a lot of expensive players, but really not much to show from it in terms of a cohesive team. That's how it yeah. felt to me. Like, I, I, I sort of, you know, we were rightful to be respectful of them coming into this game because they've had a great run since Christmas. They they've spent a lot of money, and they've got they've got some good players. But once again, in a very Chelsea esque kind of a way, they really, when push comes to shove, I thought they were pretty ordinary. Yeah, as a team. Well, like for me, for me, and it's it's getting a little bit further on into the game. At halftime, I was, I was thinking um, a certain thing, and then at the sixty-minute mark, when uh, I believe it was Chris Wood, basically just hoofed it into like the back end of like uh, the stadium. At that point, I was like, "Well, they're they're not going to score." So in my brain, I was like, "Either we go two two nil up." Or in my brain, we actually have missed a serious opportunity to show that we are top quality. Because from that from that point onwards, I was like, "There is no there is no way that their attacking threat is essentially going to pierce us right now." Because I thought our defense was actually really really tight and really really solid. Also, like Tim Ream had like a blinder, um, and. They just they just had nothing. You could kind of see it in the first half, but you never really fully know until like you're probably dealing with like the 60 minutes because games can turn. But at no point in that game did I feel that Nottingham Forest had really any legitimate chance of scoring, aside from John Joe Shelby's uh, cross that Leno just 
expertly denied. Well, yeah, let's come to that a bit later. Obviously, uh, John J. Shelby's uh, introduction was a bit of a turning point, really, because mm. um, he had a massive impact. He created an awful lot and started to actually... He, he's he's the you know his setups were actually starting to open us up, and yeah. that did make me a fraction anxious. Uh, but I mean, back to the point. I, I just felt that once once again, um, were we unlucky? Were we just executing poorly? I, I'm going to say we're actually a bit unlucky because I, yeah. I I think I think with that number of shots of really high quality, hitting the crossbar, hitting the uprights, that's not that's not a lack of shots on target. That's just a bit unlucky. Um yeah. so it's probably probably unfair to um to um yeah to, to press too hard on that. So at oh, half time uh, sorry Sam. Oh, I was Go just ahead. about to ask you a question as well because um I feel that um this game, I would say Mitrovic had quite an unlucky one because I do kind of agree with you. I feel that, um, uh, so like, uh, when I believe it was, uh, Harrison whipped it in for him and he just jumped a little bit too early. And then, um, so he kind of fluffed that and was noticeably very like shaken with himself. And then before that, he had that shot. Um, that he actually gave himself a decent amount of time to kind of like compose himself, but then Navas saved. Like, I feel that um, next week it's probably going to like we're probably going to have questions of just being like, how is Mitro's confidence today? I can accept that he was unlucky. Do you think it was unluck unlucky, or do you reckon it was a confidence issue today with Mitrovic? <laughs> Look, I. I want to feel and I want to think that whilst I think Mitrovic, his, his confidence is a fragile thing. I think it mm. is. Um, but I think he does have a huge amount of self-belief. I know that's a contradictory statement. I think the team, the dressing room, Silver, if he does anything well, he's a great supporter of men. And I think he's a guy that makes people believe. And, you know, I think Mitrovic is, he's, it's not like he had no impact on the game. He did some very good things. No, he he actually, he, he was, he was part of two or three really good um, pieces of play in the first half. And again, he's, because he's developed that additional part to his game he can if it's not working for him if he's not getting the service he can drop deep pick up the ball spread it around and actually absolutely uh, be be part of it it's not like he's not contributing it at all and i think i think we as fans have probably come to expect metro to just be scoring goals all the time and i think the team itself have moved on from that and mm. i think there's huge appreciation for all the things he does yeah, um, no, I agree. And, and so I don't think that people are feeling like, you know, why is he getting, why is he getting selected every week? You know, surely someone else needs to be given a go. I don't think there's that feeling. Mm. I think the problem is he's he's suffering from the shadow of scoring so many goals that when you aren't on the scoreboard, people start asking questions. But it's probably it's probably a little bit unfair 
to be 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 loading that on him all the time. Yeah, of course. I, I actually thought he actually played really, really well and just his shots were just unlucky. That's that's kind of my point. Because yeah, I, I completely agree. I think his holdup plays really, really good. I think he adds quite a lot to the midfield when he does track back. And he he isn't a forward that essentially just stays forward and doesn't necessarily do that much. He really aids essentially everything the team is trying to do. But yeah, I just feel for him when he just misses his shots, especially and, like in the past couple of outings as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, let's be honest, fair play to the keeper. It was a good save. Uh, mm. on, on any on any other day, that's a goal, that, uh, that Mitro shot. Um, and yeah. he did pretty well because he actually, he was, he was pretty patient. He went left and then he went right to set himself up for a fairly clear shot, and the keeper's done really well. Mm. So, you know, fair play. Um, okay, so we go in at halftime, 1-0 up, as always. A bit of a broken record on that, but I'm feeling it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. <laughs> um, and then we, we come out. And how, how do you think we came out and started the second half, Sam? Yeah, I do think that we did kind of open ourselves up a little bit to Nottingham Forest, almost kind of, I don't want to say like begging them to kind of like do something. But, you know, I feel around about the 60-minute mark is typically when most teams would put subs on, which is what Nottingham Forest did as well. Um, and so there's always that 10-minute gap before Silver usually makes subs because he kind of likes to make subs like 70 minutes plus, where essentially we're playing a team that's a lot more energized than us and can kind of, create more um fortunately um when the subs actually when our subs came on yeah man like man of solomon is just great isn't he i really like him i really like what he does like obviously he's got like really great composure and he did exactly what i thought he was gonna do he just ripped a ripper of a shot but like there was a couple of runs that they did where i was just like he just glides through people and like he's he's so talk about tricky players jesus he's so it's like a flea just kind of just like running around people he's so skillful he's like one of those players that like literally it almost just looks like the like the ball is glued to their foot you know <laughs> like he's just yeah absolutely I, I mean i i love the whole story with him uh he's obviously had a pretty tough couple of years not not only the last six months of of a very very nasty and serious injury that he's had to get over and come back from and put a lot of hard work in and rehab and he's done that very well um but obviously prior to that he was you know stuck in a war zone and with his future and career very much mm. uh, in doubt and obviously that's not not a pleasant thing from from so many different perspectives but he's he's clearly got he's got a really great little following there's a bunch of people out there that follow him so hard and want him to do so so well it's yeah. actually really lovely oh, and um, yeah absolutely but i think he not not that he's different to any other professional footballer but he's clearly very passionate about what he does and he you know he he's so keen to do well and where marco silva is so careful in his reintroduction of players whether they be coming back from injury or new signings, you just don't blast back into this Fulham or into this Fulham side um, just because it just doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. And so, so that 
you know, that is that's a really difficult thing because you you have to take your little opportunities that you get and your five minutes, then your 10 minutes, then your 15 minutes, and you've got to grab it with both hands and do well. Mm. And, um, you know, obviously those those two cup ties, uh, Sunderland came at a perfect moment for him to get some really important time and be ready for a, a much bigger part. And he's done it so, so well. And then mm. to cap that off, um, with a high quality goal, uh, just perfect. You know, it's a great story, Such and you're goal. just you're just hoping now that that is the point at which um, Silver now strongly believes in him, and um, I, I don't know that Silver didn't believe in him, but now strongly believes he's a real contender to start. I think what the great thing is that we now actually have a handful of pretty interesting options uh, on the wing. You know, is, is, is Harry Wilson, uh, is Harry Wilson coming back? Is he there yet? I mean, that's another question I wanted to ask you. Um, but I would say if you look at BDR, um, William, of course, and, and now Mana Solomon, you know, really, really in great form with, uh, Dan James always an option in the back, mm. um, you know. Happy days, and 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 we're you know we've got a very fortunate position here. Yeah. Um, I mean, like... on, on that on that point, Sam. Um, yeah. T- give me give me your sense and feelings on Wilson's contribution. I, I know he only came off off the bench, but how, how did you feel about um, his performance last night? Oh, um. I'm I'm really I don't like comparing Harry Wilson and Solomon because I kind of do love them both equally, even though one's a lot fresher in the mind than the other. But like, yeah, I don't I I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to speak ill, but like they've actually arrived back at very similar times in very similar positions you can almost actually argue that harry wilson's a lot more established in the squad than um man or solomon is but and i understand that people are different and players are different and it's just really really interesting isn't it to see a player like man or solomon come into the squad so confident and so like self-assured and really kind of treating it like this is my time um, and Harry Wilson just struggling to essentially refine the Harry Wilsonness. Um, I don't want to say he played bad, but he like he just wasn't really there. I feel like he hasn't really been there for a while. I actually just really feel for him because I just I I I know he want you, you know when like you see somebody trying so hard to do the best that they can that they kind of just everything that they do just becomes filled with doubt and um, they're just hot like, cause they're not acting on like instinct and like confidence. And that's, that's really kind of happening with him. Like he, he, he was there last night, but I just didn't really notice him. And yeah, if you compare it to what Solomon did when he came on with only 18 minutes as well, just, yeah, he's, he's just great. He's so great. Well, I think it would be unfair to say that, um, 
he's not improving because I think Harry Wilson course, is improving, but I think yeah. the rate at which he's improving is probably just not enough at the moment. It's enough to uh, enough to earn a spot on the bench for sure, and he's definitely mm. being preferred to Dan James, and I think that's perfectly fair at the moment. But if you compare the return of Manor Solomon to Harry Wilson, I think there's a quality difference, and it's yeah. undeniable. And it, there's also here, uh, Manor Solomon just adds something very different that Wilson will never be. That he's just not that kind of a player. Oh, he's a oh, that's harsh. No, I don't think it is. He's just he's he's just not. He's not that kind of tricky winger. He's um, he's a much more orthodox, you know, left-footed winger. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'm being harsh. I'm just sort of comparing the two in terms of what they offer. If you if you were a manager, that that is probably how you're going to see it. Um, mm. Having said all of that, let's not forget uh, Wilson's contribution to uh, the Man of Solomon's goal. Um, and I'm going to have another attempt to play yet another highlight. I, I, I really hope these things coming out live uh, are actually better than uh, than what I'm viewing here on my monitor because I've got okay. a massive delay. But, yeah, you get um, one more attempt at doing this, and then we have to just get by on just raw personality. Ah, uh, look, I'm I'm going to play because I want I, I want to feature Manor Solomon's goal. So I'm just going to click this, That's hope true. for the best. And uh, uh, no, note the contribution of Harry Wilson in the build-up play because he does this really great little flick. Probably, probably deserved, probably drew a yellow card there, but I think the ref got caught up in the um, the the play and couldn't be bothered actually pulling that up. But um, winning ways. Having uh, drawn two. Uh, sorry, drawn one and lost two of our last three in the league. There's a foul on Harry Wilson again. He lets play go on. Kenny Tetty finds Pereira, right foot. Is Manor Solomon. Yes! Get in there! Well, I had a feeling he might get his first Fulham goal when they introduced him. Something inside me, I thought he might be the kid to make the difference. He hasn't scored yet, but he's finished that one with a plum. Ugh, my little star of it David. Uh, you always know when there's a little break in Jim's voice that something special is happening. When he gets <laughs> that little croak going, you know, you know that he's really moved by it. Gotta love it. I do, I, I do miss uh, gentleman Jim's uh, commentary. I must admit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so to, you know, to to tie to tie that up, um, if. You know, Harry Wilson's contribution there was small but very significant. And so yeah. um, I, I think you've got to give him some credit. That's that's Premier Premier League level awareness mm. that, you know, in that those little mini moments end up resulting in goals. I mean, let's also talk about the fact that Kenny Tete once again is involved on the overlap. Um, oh, and that. He just swatted him off like he was a toddler as and, well. It was great. <laughs> P Pereira's calm under pressure when, as, as, as one of the things I heard on, um, on one of the tweets, you know, the whole, the whole hammy end was shouting, shoot, shoot, shoot. 
and he actually <laughs> calmly pass, spots um, Manor Solomon to his left and, um, you know, passes it, squares it wide to him. And uh, Manor Solomon gives the keeper the eye, sends him the wrong way and uh, finishes beautifully. And did you see the ecstasy on Solomon's face when he scores? It was really, oh, really yeah. good to watch. You oh, know, yeah. It's, it's that release where... You could you could you could just see the whole story of like thank thank God, yeah, just like care, you know, just genuine like just it's always nice when it just clearly means a lot to like players as well. I feel that like um, if you if you compare like somebody like William, William is now starting to like really celebrate his goals, but when he first like started scoring, it was a little bit kind of like oh yeah like. I I know, I know what I'm doing. I'm supp I'm supposed to score those goals. That's that's how I roll. Now he's like properly enjoying it. And then if you compare that to like uh, Solomon or uh, Vinicius as well, just intense elation, just being like, yes, finally. It's just good to see. It's just good to have that in your team, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So Jack um, apparently having a palmy and. Uh, and uh, whatever, what, what did you have? Uh, Palmy and a pint. Shout out to Shelter Brew down in the southwest as well. There apparently, um, yeah. So uh, Sam, unless you've got any uh, other comments, I thought we might uh, jump on to the Elton's top tweets section here. You ready I to go? Have, yeah, I do. I do have. Um, I, I've got two comments. One go, actually go, go. is um, Reese here. Reese is saying, uh, now that we are safe from relegation, bit forward. What do we need to do? in order to push forward next season. What do you reckon, Dan? Well, um, one, one, of the, uh, one of the tweets, or a collection of tweets, actually, that I was going to cover, uh, does touch on that subject that, you know, what is it, 34 points? I think only, only one team in the last seven years has been relegated on 34 points and above. Mm. Um, so technically we're moving into the zone where people are starting to be comfortable voicing and, and, and believing that we're now safe. Uh, personally, I'm happy to put my chin out and actually say, I, I think we are safe because it, I, I don't know what it would take for us to not win a game from here on in. I, I cannot conceive that that is possible and that's going to happen. I guess mm. never say never. We, but I, I just don't believe that we're not going to pick up, you know, a, a quite a considerable number of points. So I think we we are in a position where we need to think that we are staying up. Uh, well done, Marco Silva and the team. Um, but I, I think um, I, I think what it means is that once we can begin to believe that we're safe, and we we, we have to start thinking about the summer transfer window because that's how we probably take this on to the next level. Mm. And it's a matter of who we think we need to, to buy. There's a little tweet coming up that I'm going to talk about as well, which is a really interesting... Um, uh, what's, what am I trying to say? Uh, if this uh, rumour is true, um, it, it probably says an awful lot about where we think we're going next season. I don't want to blow it away before I cover it, but bear with me, please, Reese, and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll cover that in a sec. 
<laughs> so uh also as well like while you're just getting that up as well just really really quickly we finally saw the introduction of uh sasa Lukic as well um interestingly though i saw that he came on for Pereira, whereas i thought he was actually going to be playing a more um center mid role so it's actually interesting that silver sees him more in that light so i don't know I just my my, my understanding was one of the really attractive things about Sasa Lukic is a signing, is that he can play all three roles. Uh, obviously, the, the the role that we were very, very keen to fill is a replacement backup for Polina stroke Harrison Reed, not not mm. really uh, for Tom Kearney, but he can play a defensive, central and attacking midfield role. And yeah. uh, pretty interesting to see him be, be used... Uh, in his first outing in an attacking an attacking role. And, I mean, that you know, if that tree turns out to be uh, what he offers, what a great signing. Um, yeah, it actually doesn't make more sense. Like, I just didn't think hmm. about it before it happened. Hmm. Well, it, it's, I guess it's, we're, we're yet to see that he can do that at Premier League level and do it successfully. And if, if, if that does transpire... That's an incredible signing because mm. we end up with uh, another Bobby De- Bobby Decadover Reed in terms of a you know what we like to call our Swiss Army knife um, in the side, and we've got two utility players that can actually cover a number of positions. That is something pretty special. Mm. No, I completely agree. Silver's yeah. just smart, isn't he? He's just smart. Yeah, really clever. Really clever. You got your tweet ready? You got your tweet ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Um, so firstly, I want to uh, shout out to Peter Rutzler. Uh, Peter, most of you, if not all of you will know, is um, uh, part of the Fulhamish team and um, a, a, a regular coverer, coverer uh, contributor of all things Fulham. Um, I, I thought he's... Peter tweets all during the game with, with really helpful updates for people who aren't watching it live. And uh, his full-time summary says, Fulham 2, uh, Forest nil. Silver's team win again. Forest battled well. Sorry, battled back well in the second half, but Fulham with it and come away with the points and another clean sheet and four points from the last eight games now. And, and what I wanted to highlight really was um, the importance of that clean sheet and mm. the fact that this is a turnaround from a lot of people were sort of jumping on the fact that we haven't won a game for, what was it, you know, three, four, four outings. Uh, to be fair, we played some fairly, fairly handy opposition in that time. And if you went back even six weeks, we probably wouldn't have expected to get many, many points out of that. Um, yeah. And so... Um, you know, returning with both a clean sheet and points hopefully marks um, a little bit of a turning point for our next few games. Um, <clears throat> and thanks again to uh, uh, Peter Rutzler for all his contribution. Um, I've got three tweets here which um, sort of cover off on um, what... Well, well two, two, two of them talk – well, the first one, why don't I just talk through them? Um, talk through the first it. one is – yeah, yeah, I'll just talk through them. 
Uh, first one's by uh, from By the River, who uh, is also uh, a very active uh, contributor on on Twitter, and he actually refers to um, a tweet from PPG Profit, who shows some stats that I can't really read with my even with my glasses at this point, but. The comment here is, um, and the essence of the comment is, is this the first time we're mathematically safe from relegation based on these forecasts? And so it's sort of covering off on the fact that we've now got 34 points and um, and we, we, we should be good to go. There's another, um, I think it's a retweet actually from, um, who is that? I can't even see. Um, that's oh, another one from By the River. Um, and he's retweeted something from uh, Sky Sports, which is an interesting little fact that Flum, since Christmas Day, have accumulated the second highest points, second only to Man United, um, mm. which is interesting because Brentford is very much lauded as actually top of the table in terms of points um, scoring since Christmas or since the World Cup? I think it's 2023. Um, so that was an interesting stat. And then uh, one from uh, a contributor called Dale. I think his name is, his handle is Delorraine FSC. Um, it says, the Solomon strike today makes it 12 different Premier League scorers Fulham. Um is this the team? And this is the team that supposedly rely entirely on Mitro. And I thought that was a really interesting totally. point yeah. because, you know, uh, the, the little graphic I've got up here shows Newcastle on 12 and Fulham on 11, Leeds on, on 11. But that was prior to last night's game. So we are sitting on, on well, in fact, 13. Uh, when if, you can, if you add Manor Solomon and um, Williams' goals there, um, so whilst we were discussing earlier, obviously Mitro is going through a bit of a quiet patch. Uh, the reason why we're doing so well is that there's a lot of people contributing to goals. And mm. uh, I think unless you've got um, Haaland up front, <laughs> yeah. you, better, you, better, you better be having that. And the next uh, tweet I've got here is from Fulham Fan News, who obviously a massive contributor on Twitter. And it's it's a... It's a retweet uh, from USMNT only, um, and it, it really highlights um, the game and season once again that, that um, Tim Ream is having. And it yeah. says, Ream had a brilliant game today. He's been class all season, but today you could see the confidence oozing through him. And it says, 35-year-old Tim Ream in Fulham's 2 win against Nottingham Forest, um, 74 touches, uh, 55 out of 61 cent uh, passing, one key pass, eight from 11 long balls, one dribble, one foul drawn, four out of four duels won, two tackles, three interceptions, four clearances, and like a fine wine with a little icon of a nice glass of red, which uh, is very, very apt. Um, he had so, an amazing game. I want to touch and, on can I, uh, can I touch on that point? Yeah, of course. Of so, course. So, Tim Ream, I think, is because he's he's hilarious for me now because um, 
like full disclosure, I had a, I had a meeting with HR today because I did a TikTok about player ratings, and then the guys got angry with me because they thought my player ratings were wrong. Specifically, uh, one about Tim Ream. Now, I have just come to expect a certain level of excellence with Tim Ream now. That to the point mm. where when he has a brilliant game, I literally just don't notice it as much because I just expect him to always be brilliant now. He's actually lulled me into a state of just expecting him to be incredible. How hilarious is that? Well, it's 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 actually very true. And I think um I, I, I think the same is becoming true of Robinson. Uh yeah. Kete, Kenny Kenny Tete obviously had a massive game a couple of weeks ago and there's a lot of love spilling over for him. Mm. But not a lot of commentary really last night, um, g- given that, you know, I suppose Willian and Mana Solomon shone so brightly. But Kenny Tete had an absolutely great game last night. Yeah, he had a great um, game. But you just don't notice uh, it as much. Yeah, well, how good is that? That's really starting to say something about how good this overall Fulham team are and how generally well everyone is performing on a consistent mm. basis every, every outing. Yeah, look, Harrison Reed's another one last night. Had an incredible game. Absolutely yeah. incredible game. Um, you know, he wasn't in the forefront and wasn't doing anything, uh, you know, I guess grand. But like he always does, he's in there working so hard, making an absolute nuisance of himself, running yeah. himself ragged. Uh, even Polina. Uh, yeah, but again, look, and, if, and again... It, their standard it, game yeah. is just like yeah. it's just pretty excellent. So it's like, w- at what point does their average just get brought down <laughs> a lot? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, P- Polinia. You know, if if that if he was a new signing last week and that was his first outing, oh, we totally. would be very impressed at how he did. Uh, yeah. Similarly, I thought Pereira again had an obviously very very good game last night. Um. But I think the word speaking, is spoiled. We're just spoiled. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I know how quickly things change. Mm-hmm. And on, on the same vein here, I think um, uh, this is a quote from Fulham FC Ghana. Um, it says, quote me anywhere, behind every Fulham three points, there's a Bert Leno save and what an important signing. And I, I couldn't agree more. more. And again, yes. Once again, you know, it's easy to gloss over and overlook uh, keeper. Keepers always stand out when they screw up and be and and perform poorly and you know, let in a bag of goals. It's very easy and very very you know it's obvious, uh, but you often miss f- or forget to recognise them when they just regularly do such a great job, even off the ball, just controlling and organising the back line and just giving them that confidence, but. That that save, that one moment um, mm. from the six yard box at point blank range was a brilliant. Leno's exceptional yeah. oh. at those cl- close range stops. He really is. Um, yeah. He he. I, I I think you cannot you not not that anyone does, but you cannot disassociate the success of this season from Bert Leno. Oh, completely. Like I there's there's been a couple of bits of criticism about uh like him not necessarily 
like forming a, a wall properly, like when it comes to like free kicks. If that's literally the only criticism that we have when it comes to Bert Leno because it's shot stopping and his just presence is so great. I don't care. <laughs> like I really don't. Mm. Like it's like I will happily I will happily take that that um that faux pas with everything else that is Bert Leno. It's just, it, everything else is just way more valuable in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's there's another tweet here, and, and it's kind of a comment on on um, how do we keep him. It's a quick, uh, tweet from Anthony Anthony B. Um, just can't see how we keep him world class. And this is just a reference to um, a post from the other fourteen. Once again, producing some really great analysis, um, and this. Again, this is so damn small, I've outdone myself here, but uh, it's showing um, the number of uh, the leaders in combined tackles and interception uh, from Bert Leno. I think that's not a new tweet. I think it was from a few days ago. But, uh, yeah, obviously he's just doing exceptional work at the moment. And then um, there's another uh, post from the other 14, which is um, a little table of total saves with breakdown by shots uh, by shot distance from goalkeepers of the other 14 and um, you know we've got uh, Bert, Bert Leno in second place uh, second only to uh, to Brentford there so mm. yeah look I think um, he he's obviously doing absolutely amazing things for us and uh, no small reason for why we're doing so well. I just want to jump in here and comment on uh, something that's coming from uh, Reese Kemp, which was a follow-on from his uh, question about what do you think we need to be doing uh, now that, um, or how the, how should we be playing this differently now that uh, we, we're, we're safe in the Premier League? And his comment is, or his question is, or statement is, I'm hoping that some of the young players push on like Luke Harris, Pajatsky, and uh, Stansfield. Yeah, look... Um, I think we'd all love to see that. I, I, I just dream of becoming a club that, because we're safe, can really start giving the young players, who are obviously massive talents, some time. Um, having said that, I thought I thought Luke Harris, notwithstanding the fact that he's only 17, I thought he was okay when he started against Sunderland. Um, but at 17 years old... Um, he, he's a massive talent, and rather than sell him on and be very pleased that we've produced a great player out of our academy and made some money on him, I, I'd really love to keep these guys and mm. um, find a way to, to to blend them into our squad. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because like um, at really well-established teams like Arsenal, Man City, Man United, it's... Uh, it's part of their system to integrate really, really young players in a side that essentially can like back them, nourish them, and really get them to a really strong point. Um, and then you see teams like Southampton that essentially need to start because need to start younger players just because they don't necessarily have the squad depth. And one works significantly better than the other. I'm not sure if we're fully in the place yet where we can have like a regular starting 17 year old in the same way that we had like Sessegnon a couple of years ago um just because 
I, I think it wouldn't necessarily add too much to the team depth at this stage, but I don't know, maybe in like a season's time, maybe two seasons time, depending on like best case scenario, we keep, we keep up this ride. I could see us really like making some time for Stansfield and Harris. I could, I could see us really getting there, but at this stage, it's just better to focus on like the strongest starting lineups that we can. I think it's fair to say that, you know, every, everyone's been frustrated that we haven't been in a position to be able to give these young guys who are clearly good, great players the opportunity. And imagine, you know, if if we were in this position a couple of years ago, there's a couple mm. of players that went to Liverpool who may never have left. Uh, and, and that's the exciting thing about what could happen um, if if the, the planets line up, I guess. Mm. Um, I just want to move on here, Sam, if I may. Uh, this yeah. is another tweet. This is really interesting. This was picked up by Fulham Fan News. And I, I don't know how true this is and whether this is a rumour. Uh, I guess it is a rumour at the moment because we don't have any facts behind it. But it was retweeted by, by The River and it says, Fulham's set to go big for Andrea from uh, Fluminense with a £36 million bid being prepared according to uh, Fulham transfers. Jesus. Well, um, and I guess there's a bit of a tie-in here for me in terms of is, is the timing of this related to the fact that we, we are starting to believe internally now that we really are safe? Um, mm. And offline before we went live, Jack made a comment that, you know, does this mean that we're actually expecting a massive bid for Polinia, maybe Robinson? We're going to have a lot of dollars, pounds, if you like, in the coffers, and maybe we're ready to go on some very, very big business to take it to the next level with uh, with Andre, who. You know, we, obviously there was some talk in the, the January window that um, he could be coming to us. And I think from memory the way it ended was that Fluminense uh, said that he wasn't for sale or that, something like they, they they were prepared to sell him, but they wanted him back on loan for the remainder of the season on the basis that they were prepared to release him next season. Um, and so maybe... Maybe um, that's being lined up for for the next transfer window. So I thought that was pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. You've kind of, you've kind of you've kind of blindsided me with that one. I don't I don't know how to think or feel about this one. Um, that is well, interesting. Though, at like, this stage, it's 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 rumor, um, and it's going to come out of left field. I but, would genuinely um, much rather us spend. A lot of money on key players, though, than um, a lot of money on individuals. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. But get like I'd rather spend a lot of money on one than a little bit on ten. You know. Well, I think I think I'm, I'm feeling that Silver and his team are having incredible success with Portuguese and. Spanish kind of Latin folk in general. And, I mean, look, M- Mooney's 
probably wasn't that successful, but he's also very, very young. Uh, Vinicius, look, he's he, he's not doing the business, but he is showing some promise. And there is there are like flashes Vinicius. of. I, I didn't. I never used the words that I didn't like him. I I really want him to be successful, but he's not mm. quite there. He's not the Mitro or Pereira replacement that someone no. like Andre could be. And, mm. you know, I, I, I think we are looking like a destination that could be a real haven for uh, these these Latin players. Mm. And so maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we could make Andre work. And if he does... That's a big signing if he works mm. for them. One thing I also really appreciate as well is um, you mentioned it before. You said the word haven. And I think that's right. Um, for a lot of a lot of um, teams, uh, Southampton are actually really good at it, and Brighton are really good at it as well. They can be used as like a stepping stone to like um, Brighton, for example, buy relatively unknown players, and then part of their business model is to actually sell them off for a really, really uh, large amount. That's not doesn't seem to be the case at Fulham. It seems to be like people are coming here to essentially get settled, get stuck into what the team dynamic is and how it all works. And I really, really like that because I don't, I don't like getting attached to players and knowing that they're not going to be there in like a season or two's time. Whereas, like, I feel that it's it's a much it's a much nicer feeling that we have. Yeah, this is this is not a sausage machine no. in in any any way. It, it seems like a very happy club, and it seems like players are really enjoying their time, loving being part of the team and the squad, loving working under Silver. And I think you can see that in their attitude now, how hard they work for each other. Mm. Um, so it it I, I, we don't seem like a club that are just looking to flip players and make money on them. If we do, happy days. Uh, but Having said that, you know, if Andre comes in at 30-odd million pounds, uh, you know, you're not going to make 10, 10 times on him. So I think that doesn't seem to be a signing where they're simply trying to make money. I obviously believe that he's something really, really special and that he can play a role and that he's worth the money. But anyway, let's wait and see. Totally. It's, it's a rumour yeah. at this stage. So my final tweet is something amusing. As, as uh, This is one from David Salisbury. Scrumpy Dave 66, uh, retweeted by uh, White Noise once again, who's the most phenomenal retweeter and curator and uh, uh, collector of of Fulham content. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one I'm sure everyone everyone who loves Fulham knows that Sam Smith, the uh, the, the the singer, is a big fan of Fulham. And he seems to be going through a very flamboyant period at the moment. Um, and and there's a, a a very interesting shot of Sam Smith's new look at the at the 2023 Brit Awards. And for those of you listening to the podcast, how do I describe it? He's in like a plastic suit with it's wings great. and and love hearts for love handles. It I, I, I'm failing to describe this properly. But it's a really great little funny comment from Dave Salisbury. He says he won't get through the hammy end turnstiles wearing that. And only, uh, only criticism I have is it's a they, not a he. 
Um, but no, it's great. They look like they're in like Alice in Wonderland or something like that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm about it. I'm about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, what I I wanted to leave us with um, the Man of Solomon goal um, and subjective production nutmegging me once again. Um, I'm going to try and actually play this and just see how we go. Um, it's just a, it's just a, a, a Man of Solomon only uh, highlight reel here. So see. Great, I'm all about it. He gets us back to winning ways. Having uh, drawn two, uh, sorry, drawn one and lost two of our last three in the league. There's a foul on Harry Wilson again. He lets play go on. Kenny Tetty finds Pereira right foot. Is Man or Solomon? Yes. Get in there! Well, I had a feeling he might get his first Fulham goal when they introduced him. Something inside me, I thought he might be the kid to make the difference. He hasn't scored yet, but he's finished that one with a plum. Yes, it's class. What do you say? It's just class. Uh, well, fantastic goal, and once again, I, I just I love a bit of gentleman, Jim. I always <laughs> love it when that you get that little bit of voice crack. You know, you're onto something special. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, um, what else you got, Sam? Uh, I mean, well, we could talk a little bit more about Brighton coming up because I think that that's actually going to be a serious cracker. I think in terms of like games of the season, that ranks really high. I know we, I know we've already, um, we've already toppled them, if you will. Um, but like, I'd say them and Brenton, uh, Brenton, Brentford are. Um, uh, I don't know who Brenton is. Uh, them and Brentford are our closest rivals at the moment, so I'm I'm really excited about that scuff. I'm really excited about that. But I reckon that's probably a better conversation with um Jack and we're like we're we're at like about an hour and five now, so we should probably. Oh, let's go. Let's go for three. I'll go. On. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> no. Clearly, you don't have work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think we probably said um we've probably said an awful lot. Got another comment coming in here from. Uh, from Reese Cam, with Chelsea offloading a lot of players in the summer, are there any you'd want to sign? Well, that's probably a great setup for um, our next podcast. Actually, Reese, um, yeah, look, would we take some Chelsea offcuts? Sure, we're doing pretty fine at the moment with uh, with one William. Um, and whilst we think what we think about Chelsea, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be uh, un unhappy taking any of their players because I think we'd do a damn finer job in uh, integrating them in, in, into our system and making, you know, getting the best out of them. Can you give um, uh, Reese a quick fire of uh, who you might want? Whew. Um, it's okay if you I, need actually, to get the Chelsea I, 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 as well. No, no, I don't, no I, I don't know who they're offloading, to be honest. Um so, yeah, I probably need to see that. But I think I think I'd uh, I I would probably take up Amiang because like why not? If he's if he's not if he doesn't like come through with the results, that's fine. I'm pretty sure at this stage it's probably going to be a free transfer anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Look. Um. Obviously, you know Chelsea is an esteemed place in in most professional footballers eyes to 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 have on your cv they probably pay well they're not 
probably they do pay pretty tasty wages and that surely isn't going to be overlooked. But when it all comes down in terms of job satisfaction and, you know, getting up every morning and rolling out to the, the training ground and hanging with your uh, your friends, I think I'd know where I'd rather be if I was a professional mm. footballer. Mm. Um, and, uh, but, you know, um, I guess it's a career in the end. And if someone's going to offer you, you know, a massive six figures every week, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Then it just comes down to integrity, isn't it? Like we we can we can ask Jack about that. He had some he had some tasty integrity opinions. Like uh, on the last part, I thought that was quite funny. So. <laughs> well, I I think I I read a comment that was it City looking to City or United? No, it was um, I was Hurricane. Ivan Tony. It was Ivan Tony. No, 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 um, no, no. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I remember the conversation. Now I'm talking about uh, rumors of. Um, Harry Kane moving to Man United, wasn't it? Was it Man no, United? He's always, he's always moving to Man United, though. But like, the, he's he's not going anywhere. <laughs> but the but the rumored salary was four hundred thousand pounds a week that he wants. Yeah, I mean that's a nice house, isn't it? Every week. I think I think Harlan's actually on more than that. To be honest, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Absolutely yeah, yeah. ridiculous. And Kylian I mean, Mbappe's on more than that. <laughs> I mean, all credit to them if you can get away with it. Good luck to you, but that's oh, just yeah. mad. No, yeah. I mean, anyway. look, they're just they're just letting they're just saying the price, and people are paying for it, so you can't really oh, yeah. blame them too much. Well, sure, sure. Well, yeah. we'll see it. We'll see about that after the uh, the Man City review in a, in in a in a couple of decades' time when that actually is finalised. <laughs> uh, but more about that later. Anyway, uh, I think it's probably time to wrap up, Sam, and um, yeah. hand this back to our uh, much-missed production man who's probably finished his palmy now and he's probably bored and ready to, 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 to pick up the MP4 and bundle this into uh, a, a pretty package to, uh, to uh, pu- publicise to uh, all of the different channels. Yeah, I hope the meat sweats are doing him well. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty chaotic and I apologize to everyone who uh, normally expect a bit better and a bit smoother from us, but you know what? It is what it is. Um, we were chucked this at the last minute and we don't mind. So um, thanks, Sam, for uh, – sorry, did I interrupt you there? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you you say your thing. I think you were going to pass it back to me anyway. Yeah, no, I was just going to remind people that uh, – uh, f- firstly, big shout out to um, a-, a number of people who've started following us on Twitter. A massive thanks to White Noise, who put the the request out there for all of his followers to uh, to jump on board and start following the That's So Craven podcast. So we really appreciate that. We we really appreciate everyone who follows and listens on a regular basis. Thank you very very much to William and Reese. Uh, who have I missed tonight who have jumped on and sent some questions in but really to everyone who listens on a regular basis we are incredibly grateful we love what we do and uh, we're so so happy that people seem to enjoy what what we do every week so uh, thanks for sticking with us and thanks for following and um, please like and share and uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and wherever else we might be in your hood. 
Yeah, um, and I just again, I just wanted to echo that as well, and I just I just wanted to um, further shout out Reese and William because we we guys we're seeing you here at every single pod. We we notice you. Um, we love having you here, and genuinely, we just really appreciate you guys taking the time to spend it with us. It does mean a lot. Absolutely. And um, yeah, if if it makes you feel a little bit like better about your day, we are incredibly honored to be a part of that. And yeah. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, well said, Sammy. Okay, so I think uh, without further ado, I think it's time to wrap up, Sam, and I'm going to give you the honours uh, of taking us out. Come on, you yeah.